All right, are we ready for the word this morning? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I thought you were asleep or eating your girlfriend or something. Uh, God's word is powerful, amen. And uh, I've been doing a series on Romans, but I just feel to put a little bookmark there for now and uh, and move on to just something a little different uh, that I felt God put on my heart to share today. And uh, those of you that have been around our church, we do have a lot of visitors today, so again, I acknowledge you, welcome. But those of you that have been here for a little while, uh, have noticed that we're seeing a few things happen. We're seeing the gifts of the Spirit in operation. We're seeing God's people with the gifts on their lives, you know, in, in, in small group settings. The opportunity to speak and, and see healings. And, and there's a key element to all of this that I want to talk about today that is super important. And if we can get a hold of what I'm going to share today, it's going to loose every chain. It's going to set you free. And the church of Jesus Christ, that's you, are going to be activated and ready to go. So who's up for that today? Who's ready to be activated for God's purposes and for the gifts of God to flow through you? And what I'm going to share with you is super key to all of this happening because it's no coincidence that when we've been praying for people, this is an area that we address with them. And once it's addressed, they're soaring because of the chain is broken. And so, super key this, and we're going to put it up on the screen here. Fighting bitterness. Who detests biting into a lemon? And the bitterness. Who's seen, come on, a lot of us are on YouTube these days. Who's seen like the lemon challenge thing? It's fun. There's like a video of um, Asian people doing it. And I don't know, it's random that it's Asian people. I don't know why, because anyone can do it. But they try. The goal, you've got to put the lemon in your mouth and not pull a face. It's, you pull a face and you don't even have a lemon. Because that's what happens. Even just the thought of biting into a lemon is like, oh. But that's how much God detests bitterness in, in a person. It's just a distasteful, disgusting thing that makes you pull a face. Because it's gross. So I want to talk to you about fighting bitterness. Because if we can be set free from bitterness through forgiveness and understanding others and, and, and dealing with what's going on inside of us, because we can't control what happens to us in life, can we? We, we can't stop things coming at us. People are going to say words, they're going to do actions, and they might not even be intentional, but people are going to do things to upset us. Because that's called iron sharp and iron and the sparks fly because we're all different. And we're going to misinterpret perhaps how people speak to us or deal with us. And so what we can do is to guard our hearts. That's what we have control over. We can choose how to respond. We can't choose what comes against us, but we can absolutely choose how we respond in a certain situation. Do you agree with me today? Cool, you're with me. So Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 to 15. It says there's a boxing ring because we're fighting bitterness today. It says this. You can turn into it in your Bibles as well if you want to. Hebrews 12, verses 14 to 15. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. It says pursue peace with all. Everybody say all. All, all people. It's quite conclusive, isn't it? It's not pursue peace with the people that you're comfortable to hang around. 
Pursue peace with the ones that agree with you. Pursue peace with the ones that are perhaps easy to get along with. It says, pursue peace with all people. Verse 15 goes on. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up, causing trouble, and by this many become defiled. Ephesians 4.31 puts it this way. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamour and evil uh, speaking be put away from you with all malice. Remember that sometimes life is just a fight at times. It's a battle against our, our nature. Sometimes our inclination when someone hurts us is to respond a certain way because we're, we're hurt, we're upset. But it's a battle to defend your heart and to keep it in a right place before God. And we do that with the Lord's strength. We can't do it in our own strength. But because God has set us free from all sin and the sinful nature, he, he allows us then to embrace His ways, and His ways are love, the fruit of the Spirit, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, all those. It's a, it's a fight at times. But we will not give in. We will fight with the grace of God that is within us. So your right hook today is grace. Unless you're left-handed, maybe it's your left hook. Grace. This, grace is your knockout punch today. So here's the first thing. Bring it on. That's a bit cute, isn't it? We need to work at living at peace. We need to make a choice to go through, go to the beautiful green pastures that the Lord is leading us to. Not the desolate, dry, you know, two months ago in Stanthorpe grass. Yeah. <laughs> it's all bristly and you step on it and it feels like it cuts your feet because it's that brittle. The Lord leads us to a place of peace. Hebrews 12 verse 14 says, Pursue peace with all people. We've heard this before. And holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So the first question is obviously who gives us peace? Well, we know his name. His name is Jesus. Jesus gives us peace. He's the Prince of Peace. And here's the cool thing he's given us his peace. You know, when you're connected to something, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about you're the vine, we're the branches, and we're all connected together. When you're connected to something, you assume the qualities of that which you are connected to. So like if, if a tree, like if a tree connects to another tree, they become one and produce the one thing. You don't have a banana tree and an apple tree producing concurrently when they're connected together. When you're connected together, you assume the qualities of that which you're connected to. Well, we're connected to Jesus. When we accept Jesus and ask him into our hearts and make him the Lord of our life, we are connected with Christ. You believe that? Yeah. And so that means every quality and characteristic of Jesus consumes us. It becomes part of who we are. So Jesus has given us his peace. You know, we talked about it in communion earlier. Jesus endured the cross and got battered and bruised and whipped and nailed in his hands. And he did all of that, yet he was at peace going through that. Fully God, fully man. Now the fully man part was in pain and agony, but he didn't complain. He didn't protest. 
He didn't say, oh, can you do it a bit softer? He was at peace because he knew it was the will of God for him. So Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he's given us his peace. You're going to hear this scripture, I guess, leading up to Christmas. It's a popular one, Isaiah 9, verse 6, where it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He is our Prince of Peace. So he gives us peace, and now we need to choose to live in it. Life's about being aware of what's going on. And, and, and there's a lot going on in the world at the moment. But what you've got to realise is that we see all this stuff going on around about us and it impacts us. We don't necessarily see God in the physical sense, but we've got to know that he's there and he's moving. We've got to see in the spirit and have faith and know that God is for you and not against you. So whatever's going on that you see, Know that God is at work in the unseen. And he's at work on your behalf. We've got to learn to not work in our own power, but in his power to live at peace. We need God's power within us to be able to live like Lammy up here. What's his name? We call him Lammy. <laughs> this is important and this is key. Because I've said it a couple of times already today. I, I don't know how you've walked into the room and what storm is going on in your world. But for many people in the room, you're like, yeah, I've had a tough week. Yeah, I've had a tough month. It's been a tough year. I don't want to relive that year. It's been an awful year. Can I just close the door in that year? The good news is, yes, you can. Close the door and walk into 2024. Uh, rhymes. That's good. But yeah. This is key for you. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm at peace because everything's calm right now. But you can be at peace in the midst of the most ridiculous of storms. Look at Jesus on the boat. He's sleeping. And the disciples are freaking out because they think they're going to die. Because it's a crazy storm. And they're not on like the Titanic or on a cruise ship like that we know today. It's this wooden rickety whatever. It's probably got holes and leaks and whatever. I don't know. But it's not the most stable of boats. I'm sure you wouldn't like to be on it in a storm. I know I wouldn't. I'm about to go to the Solomon Islands. What are the boats like there? Should I be worried? <laughs> They're not saying anything, so that makes me even more worried. Anyway, thank you, Jesus, for your protection. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. Peace is not the absence of conflict. You might be going through a big, challenging season. Your year might have been terrible, but you know what? It can finish with you at peace. Why? Because you can fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. I'd encourage you to receive him today. And I'm not meaning give your heart to him. You, you probably, many of you are Christians already and you've given your heart to Jesus. But I just think there's more for you in this place today. Jesus wants to pour out more into your hearts today so that you can be at peace. Anybody want that? Come on, I want that peace. Peace is not the absence of conflict. It's the working out of conflict. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. I'm walking through it, I'm not stopping, I'm not camping, I'm walking through that thing until I get to goodness and mercy that's going to surely follow me all the days of my life. It's the working out of conflict, it's the resolving of conflict. 
Often bitterness is avoided when conflict is resolved. And you know what? The earlier you resolve it, the easier it is. The longer you leave it, the harder it is. Because it just something happens in you. And whatever caused the conflict in the first place is just stewing and brewing and ruminating and cogitating and all of those things. It's mixing inside you and making you more and more bound up by bitterness. So peace, it's, it's the working out of conflict, it's the resolving of conflict, it's the releasing of conflict. Let it go. That's a word for someone here today. Just let it go. Stop going back to that idea of what happened. Because you know what? The person that did it to you has long moved on. And you are holding on to that thing. And it's making you bitter. And it's making you dirty. And, and it's making you bound up and chained so that you can't be loosed into all that God has for you. We need to release that conflict. Trust the Lord that he will vindicate you. My Bible tells me that my God is my vindicator. If someone has something against me, I'm not going to let it chain me up and bind me up. I'm going to release it and go, you know what? God, you sort it out. Because he's good at that. We need to work at living at peace. And I need to work at being a bit quicker because sausages are all on three. All right. <laughs> There's the next one, there's the next one. Oh, I should have shown all those scriptures. What makes a bitter person perceived sin? I love pictures like this. You can see old, old mate on the left. It's a six, which, yes, it is. Old mate on the right. No, it's a nine. Well, it is. <laughs> so they're both right. They both have a different perception, don't they? They perceive it differently. Well, this is what happens in our lives when it comes to bitterness. Often disputes happen over things that are so trivial that it's because I see it a certain way and, well, they just need to see it my way. Well, maybe there needs to be some give and take and we need to see it their way for a moment. Maybe. You know, when we believe someone has wronged us with no response, that causes bitterness. So someone, we think someone's done something bad by us, from their point of view, they don't think they've done a single thing. So you're sitting here getting bitter and twisted and angry because well, they need to apologise for what they said and how they said it. And they're sitting over there like, none the wiser. They have no idea that they've offended you. Or, this is why communication is key. The quicker you deal with it, the easier it is to deal with. If you went up to that person and said, look, I just didn't like how you said X, Y, Z. And they'd go, oh, I didn't mean it like that at all. Here's what I meant. Oh, all good, dealt with, penny drops. But if you don't do that, and you sit on it for days, weeks, and months, it bounds you up like a chain. You know, we get bitter when there's no I am sorry. We're expecting a sorry and it doesn't come. Again, perception, it's perceived. Not dealing with offences the right way will lead to bitterness. If we don't deal with the things that bother us that Churn us up on the inside, it's going to lead to bitterness. Here's the definition of bitterness. It's not just chewing into a lemon. That is bitter. Bitterness comes from the word meaning bite, funnily enough. It means being resentful or cynical. So resent means to feel or show displeasure or indignation. So, uh, Patrick, I'm resentful towards you. 
You don't have to stick the nose up. Prop up the arms, turn the back. Cynical is distrusting or disparaging the motives of others. So like your characteristic or, or your it's characteristic of a cynic. Bitterly or sneeringly distrustful, contemptuous or pessimistic. A cynical person looks at just about everything and finds the bad in it. Because they're cynical. Why are they cynical? Because something's happened in them to make them bitter. That they need to be released of. So we need to work at living at peace. We need to understand that sometimes when we're bitter, it's a perception thing. And we need to just deal with that by simple communication. Because bitterness, this is the next one, bitterness will smash your life. It's like it came in like a wrecking ball. Uh, bitterness comes in and smashes life. It will, it will destroy your life if you stay bitter. So what are the characteristics of bitterness? This might help some people today because it's really practical now. Characteristics of bitterness, you remember the details. So if you're bitter, bitterness causes you to remember every single detail. What they look like, what they smell like, what they were wearing, the look on their face, the twitch in their upper lip. You know what I'm talking about. When you are bitter, you remember the tone and the inflection of the voice. You remember what they sounded like and how angry they were. You remember the time, place and circumstances of the event down to the second. 12.01 and 20 seconds, that person looked at me like that. I'm never going to forget that. When a person is bitter, no detail is forgotten. In fact, sometimes they're exaggerated. How many of you know when you're bitter and someone does something to you and you're bitter about it, you go home and you stew on it and you replay it in your mind over and over again and it ends up getting worse than what it actually ever was? You know, the person might have been talking to you in a normal voice like this, but by the end they might have like this, shooting at me in my face. <laughs> Sorry if you were almost asleep and I just woke you up. But you do, when you replay it in your mind, it's like, it becomes exaggerated to what it actually was. But what do you remember? The exaggeration. Oh, that was soaking fire on my face and dirty and angry. That's what you remember. I, I, I researched this and I found out, you know the saying, an elephant never forgets? The origin of that phrase seems to go back to observations that elephant, elephants follow the same paths and even hand down genetic memories of directions and places across generations. That's interesting, isn't it? This occurs, it's on Google, so it's got to be true. <laughs> uh, this occurs to the point of remembering where a burial ground is for a particular elephant tribe. So they weren't at the funeral, <laughs> but they know that so-and-so is buried there. So if a sense of death is imminent, the elephant returns to that burial place, even if it's never seen a fellow elephant die there. And they die there. That's why there's those elephant graveyards. They, they all just know to go there and okay, I'm done, see you later. Bitter people obsess over the event. They never forget, just like that elephant. They obsess over it. They relive it over and over again, and it gets exaggerated every time they do that. And, and it allows the person to inflict them again and again and again. As you relive it, you are hurt every single time. This is why bitterness binds you. It does nothing to the other person. They've moved on. They're not even giving it a thought, but you're like, <coughs> don't put your hand up because they could be sitting next to you. But who knows someone that said, I'm never forgiving that person for what they did. We've probably have all heard someone say that before. 
You have a problem with that saying, I'll never forgive them. You're choosing to be bound up for the rest of your life in bitterness. And it's going to detract from all that God wants to do in and through you. It's a tough, they say bitterness is a tough pill to swallow. But with God's help, we can overcome bitterness. We can break every chain. That's the characteristics of bitterness. Bitterness causes you trouble. Remember back at Hebrews 12, 15, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Bitterness causes trouble in the spiritual life. It cuts you off from the grace of God and you end up walking in your own ability because you're just so bound up. God just is trying to get through to you, but you are so consumed by bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, it affects your spiritual life. The fruit of the Spirit's less evident. How many of you know it's hard to be joyful when you're bitter? Yeah, I'm happy. I'm full of joy. Just let me in the room with that person. <laughs> That'll give me joy. No. <laughs> we can't control what happens. I've said this earlier. We can't control what happens in life, but we can control how we respond to the events in life. Being bitter impacts your physical body too. It eventually impacts your health. It's been linked to high blood pressure, cardiac disorders, ulcers, so many things. One leading psychiatrist wrote, 90% of all people in insane asylums could be released immediately if they would forgive. Wow. That's a, that's a psychiatrist, not pastor saying that. That's huge. Bitterness does so much within us. It impacts your emotions. You know, bitterness leads to discouragement. Because you keep focusing on that thing, whatever that person said or whatever they did to you, and, and you forget the goodness of God in your life because you're just so engrossed in that moment that caused you bitterness. It leads to discouragement. It causes you to develop, to develop a victim's mentality. Again, don't point to anybody. But we know people like that, I think, in our life. They're not in here. All the, all the awesome people are in here. The ones out there. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Victim mentality. Poor me. It always happens to me. Why does this always happen? You know, it doesn't matter what I do. This happens or that happens. And they're negative all the time. And the victim. It's me, me, me. It also drains you and makes you tired. Bitterness makes you tired. It actually takes effort to stay angry. Bitterness impacts your relationships. It stops you from trusting people. That's something some of us struggle with because we've possibly been hurt before. Maybe you've been hurt in church before. We know a big calling on the life of this church is to just welcome people. We've got welcome home as you walk in on the, on the thing. It's not just a catchy slogan, but it's just our way of saying you're welcome in this place. And, and, and it doesn't matter how you walk in, we love you, you're accepted. This is a place, it's a safe place, and it's a place that you can call home. So if you struggle with trusting people, just come and soak in this place. Feel welcome, feel loved on it. God will restore that trust in you. It might take time, because we understand going through that journey of being hurt by church, it happens too much. 
people have potentially been hurt in this church. It's made up of imperfect people. And don't be that person that goes from church to church to church to church looking for the, the, the best church because you'll, you'll find you'll get hurt in just about any church because there's people in there that are not perfect. But find a place that you can sink your roots deep into and you'll flourish. So perhaps you don't trust people because of bitterness. What about you become judgmental of others and you think you know their motives, like you're, you're second-guessing, oh, he's just after this, or they're just being like that because they want something more. You start being like that. The other thing you do when you're impacted by bitterness in your relationships, you build walls around you. It's like, okay, here's my walls, so you can come to here, but thou shalt not pass. You can't come any closer. I won't let you in to who I am. And, and it's just because you've been hurt. But I just pray that Jesus starts to break those walls down when he deals with what you've been through, helps you to be released from bitterness so that you can be all that you're called to be. Now, bitterness impacts the church because you won't work well with others. You can't serve on a team as much as you probably want to because of all the things I just talked about. You're guarded, and, and maybe you can't take correction. Like, correction doesn't mean you're, you're naughty, you're so bad. Correction is, oh, could you just perhaps look at doing it this way uh, instead of this way? But when someone does that to you because you've been hurt by bitterness, you take offence. Oh, they're telling me what to do. Oh, they think they know how to do it better than me. Oh. And all these thoughts and ideas start coming. That's not from the Lord. And you make it challenging to work in teams because you believe you're the victim. Everyone's always picking on me. Everyone's always telling me I'm doing it wrong. If we can deal with the root cause of all these things, bitterness, man, will you be set free. And not just set free, you'll be then open for the, 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 the gifts of God to flow in and through your life. But you've got to be released from this stuff so that he can use you. If, you, if you're like, no, Pastor, you don't understand the hurt. Well, maybe I don't. But what I do understand is as long as you choose to be bitter, you're chained up. Bitterness causes you trouble. So how to get rid, this is what we came for. How to get rid of the root of bitterness. Who wants to be free today? All of us should want to be free. All of us want to be free. I'm not going to say, okay, who's bitter now? And come out the front end. Because everyone's going to be like, yeah, I knew that. It's not going to be like that, okay? So everyone breathe in, breathe out, say relax. All right, how to get rid of the root of bitterness. I think about these scriptures. Matthew chapter 27, verses 32 to 34. Now, as they came out, they found the man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, place of the skull, they gave him some wine mingled with gold to drink. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink. I love this. Because Jesus actually bore your bitterness. Jesus was in extreme pain on the cross. Something that he didn't cause. He was up there, an innocent man. Taking the pain, the lashings, the piercings, everything. The man was in anguish. Pain for something he did not deserve. Pain for someone else's issues. You know what? Our issues. Our sins. Our problems put in there. On the cross. 
Here's a point from all of this. Pain not handled the right way will lead to bitterness. If you don't deal with pain the right way, it will lead to bitterness. The hardest pain is the pain of injustice. Things you did not cause. Things that are out of your control. That's the hardest pain. Because you see it and you're like, oh, that's just not right. Well, Jesus is on the cross and they offer him this drink. But he refused to drink from the cup of bitterness. The cup tells you that it's the easy way out. Yeah, give me that because that will quench what I'm feeling right now. No, no. He didn't partake of the cup of bitterness because he didn't want to take the easy way out. He wanted to show all of mankind that everything is dealt with once and for all and I did it the hard way because I did it for you. The cup of bitterness fogs your mind and it doesn't let you think clearly. Well, Jesus relied on his Father and he cried out to him. He didn't take from the cup but he cried out to his Father. Why have you forsaken me? The cool thing is, is that he knew it was God's plan and he went through with it for you and for me. So here's some practical steps as I come to a close because everyone wants a sausage. Come on. The first step is this, and you know what? This is probably the hardest step that I'm going to ask you to take. But the first step is you need to admit your own bitterness. If you don't admit your own bitterness, there's no amount of prayers or things I can do for you today because the first step is for you to admit that you need help. You need that chain in your life broken. The second thing you need to realise is it's your sin, not someone else's. We justify how we feel. We say, that person did this to me, so I feel like this. Well, no, no. Remember, rewind back to the start of the message, and I said, you can't control what people sling at you, what they throw at you, what they say to you. You can't control it. You never can. We can't manipulate people to say what we want them to say. They'll say what they think, and that's just how life is. But what you can control is your response. That's a choice. You can't point the finger and say, well, they made me do it. No, no. You chose to be a certain way. Admit your own bitterness. Realise it's your sin and not someone else's. The next thing is confess your sin. Confess what you've done. Confess that mindset, that thought, that, that, that thing that has been plaguing your mind. Confess it to the Lord and ask him to deal with it for you. And then the last one is to choose to forgive because God has forgiven you. Colossians says this. I don't know. Have I done Colossians. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Go to Jesus and pour out your heart. And that's what we're going to do in just a moment. We're going to ask the Lord to just deal with some of this stuff. Right where you're at, I want to ask you to just have a moment with God. Have a moment with Him. Allow Him to wash you clean today. There are people in the room, and as I've been talking, you just know this is for you. You know, if I let go of this thing, it's going to make such a big difference in my life. Maybe some of you have held on to things for years. I don't know everyone individually, personally, in a way that I would know that. But what I do know is when you let go of bitterness, 
all these miracles we've been seeing lately in Bible study and as we've prayed for people, we've addressed this very thing. Who's hurt you? What's happened in your past? And 99% of the time, there is something that has bound up for years. Maybe it's an attitude or something. And we've prayed into that and actually asked those people to confess those things and be released of them. The miracle comes. It's no coincidence. No coincidence. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm not going to invite you out the front today. This is a personal thing between you and God. But what I want to ask you to do is I want you to consider your own heart right now. I'm going to pray in just a moment, but as I do, I want you to do business with God. I want you to think of that thing that you're upset about or bitter or angry or maybe you're that person that goes, no, I'm good. I'm not okay. Ask the Lord to show you because I believe that God can supernaturally reveal to you some things that are binding you up without you even knowing because there could be people in the room that genuinely say, yeah, I'm all good. But then God will just go, you Put his finger on something and you'll go, oh yeah, that thing. So Lord, in this moment, I pray for your church. I thank you for them. I ask, Lord God, that you would just touch each person's heart. Reveal, put your finger on that very thing that's plaguing their mind binding their heart. That thing that perhaps we know we're bitter about, or if we don't know, Lord, reveal to us what that is. We want to do business with you today. Father God, we want you to come and do surgery on our hearts. And so in this moment, I pray for every single person that they would open up their hearts, open up their lives, God, that you would do a miracle of restoration, breaking the chain of bitterness in our spirits and releasing us into all that you've called us to be. Lord, I thank you for breaking every chain today. Every chain is loosed. Every chain of bitterness, unforgiveness, hurt, pain, shame, whatever it is, chains broken in the name of Jesus today. We receive the power of your Holy Spirit that heals and brings restoration in this moment. So Lord, I pray that you loose every person. Our desire is to see every believer empowered to be used for your glory. But before we do that, Lord, help us with this seed of bitterness, this this foreign thing that's in us that shouldn't be there. And we ask you to release us from that. In Jesus' name. Stand to your feet. I'm never mad at you, bro. Oh, you are sorry. Oh, and No, I still have an attitude. I still have an attitude, no. Deal with my attitude, boy. Heal my bitterness. That's a good example. Good example. Our heart, and it is in my heart, is to see you all loosed and free to be all that God's called you to be. And so I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to release, lead, guide, give wisdom. And 
I just know there's going to be good news stories out of today. I don't want it to end now. For your own privacy, I don't want, I mean, I could say, come out the front, we'll pray, and but I just don't want to cause that spectacle on you uh, in a public setting. I just don't feel to do that. Some people might say, well, you need to do that, so God can, well, God can touch you right there. You don't have to be right here. It's nice out here. It's where the anointing is. The closer to the front you sit, actually, the more the more power. That's not true. That's such dodgy doctrine. Anyway, God is everywhere. Anyway, I want you to go home, and I want you to do business with God this week. Promise me. Put your hand on your heart and say, PJ, I promise to go home and do business with my Lord. I want you to go home. You don't have to keep repeating that. I want you to go home. Otherwise, we'll be here all day and there's no sausages. Go home. Ask the Lord to reveal to you what is it, God, that you need me to let go of. I believe you've touched something and done something in this setting, but now go home one-on-one, personal time with God, and allow him to release you from all bitterness, unforgiveness. Maybe that means you need to pick up the phone and call somebody. Maybe it means you need to walk across the room and talk to somebody here today. Just be careful how you do that, because I preached a message like this in the past. I can't remember if it was here or not. It might have been here. And someone came up to me and said, Pastor Jeremy, I need to forgive. I, I need you to forgive me because of. And they told me this stuff, and I'm like, I had no idea you ever thought that about me. You know, it was like, just be sensitive with how we deal with things. But if you need to talk to someone in the room, just do it as the Holy Spirit leads, sensitively, okay? Anyway, lift up your hands to God. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your church. Lord, I pray your blessing on each one, Lord, as they've heard the word today. I pray that they go home, people online even, we, we think of you as well, that you would continue in about your week, allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you and change you from the inside out, because God, we want to be free from bitterness, we want to be free from unforgiveness, and we want to be fully operating in all that you have for us in the gifts of the Spirit and all that you want to do in and through us. So Lord, release your people today from bitterness. Use them powerfully. Give them wisdom. Lead them and guide them and protect them until we gather again, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a good prayer.